0: Public relations is not just about press releases or getting your clients featured in the news. It's about community relations. It's about community involvement. It's about philanthropy. It's about cause marketing. It's about walking the talk. Welcome to the
1: Self Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, And every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her and become a self-starter. Let's go. Join us as we sit down with Nicole Beamer, the founder of NB Publicity, a boutique PR agency that's changing the game for entrepreneurs. Nicole shares insider insights on the role of PR agencies, how she leverages corporate skills in her business, and the strategic steps she took to land her first client. This conversation is packed with inspiration and actionable tips that you can apply right away. So whether you're just starting your entrepreneurial journey or seeking fresh perspectives for your own business, then this episode is for you. Nicole, you are the ultimate brand hype woman who has landed placements in top media outlets like the Wall Street Journal, Travel and Leisure, Food and Wine, USA Today, The Today Show, Forbes, People. I mean, the list goes on and on. I could probably keep going all day. It's just so impressive. But for those people that are not familiar with you, can you walk us through a little bit about who you are and your business NB publicity?
0: Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all, and for that amazing intro. That makes me sound way more important than I think I am, but I appreciate it. I'm the owner and founder of MB Publicity, so we are a boutique PR agency. A lot of people don't really understand what PR is, but essentially it's a form of marketing. We are responsible for helping to amplify stories of different brands, and we specialize in food and beverage, hospitality, travel, lifestyle, you name it.
1: Well, and thank you so much for highlighting what PR is and just publicity in general. But I am curious, before we dive into a little bit more of your story, like why is the concept of PR so important for a business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a great question. And it's interesting because so many people don't understand what PR is. I think even my husband sometimes is like, what is it you do again? It's interesting. It's a part of marketing that... We're responsible for, like I said, amplifying and elevating brands. So our goal is to help bridge the trust gap between brands and consumers. And most commonly people think about that in a way of like writing a press release, but it's so much more than that. It's really about getting brands featured in the news, getting uh, media coverage, helping them establish community relations, making sure that they are Really getting to know their consumer inside and out and speaking to them on the right channel and the right way to just make sure that their marketing is the most effective it possibly can be and get to their goals a lot quicker. So there's so many different forms of marketing, but PR is so valuable for brands because you think about it, it's third-party credibility. Anytime you are going to go on a vacation or look up a new restaurant or find a new product, chances are you're going on Google and you're looking at, oh, there's a listicle on top 10 things to do or top new restaurants or whatever it may be. My job is to help brands get in those publications and be credible enough to actually you know, walk the talk, to do what they're saying that they're going to do and to become relevant and notable in their industry.
1: And third-party credibility is everything. Obviously, we want to make sure that all of these brands and companies are featured in a positive limelight. And that's really where you can come in and really help people make sure that the messaging that they are communicating to potential customers and current customers is really solid and people really want to work with them. But you clearly, you've started your own boutique agency now, but it wasn't always this way. You actually came from the corporate world, so I'm curious just to kind of back it up a little bit and talk about kind of where you came from and how it's ultimately led to where you are today.
0: Yeah, it's been a journey. Before I started MB Publicity, I was in the corporate PR agency world for 10 years. So I started in Arizona at a boutique agency there right out of college where I was interning. And then moved to Las Vegas shortly after to be with my then boyfriend, now husband, who had already had a job in Vegas. I worked for MGM Resorts International. And if you're not familiar with MGM, they own 13 of the properties on Las Vegas Strip. So the Bellagios, the MGM Grand, Aria, Mandalay Bay, you name it, they probably own it. So that was my first big Forte into PR. I mean, I just kind of stepped in and I was on their corporate PR team helping with food and beverage. So I was responsible for managing PR activities for over 140 food and beverage venues in Las Vegas, helping working with celebrity chefs, doing interviews, video shoots, got to work with The Bachelor, which was really cool. And then went on to work at a small agency in Las Vegas, where I actually represented the tourism bureau. So switched gears a little bit and went from being in-house in the PR world to being on an agency side and representing a number of clients with my biggest being the tourism bureau. So I got to work with all of the different brands on the Strip, which was pretty cool. Um, And then at the time, I was also representing a new hotel that was going to be opening on the Strip. And I ended up being recruited to help open that property, which is Resorts World Las Vegas. And I, yeah, served as the opening communications director for that property. I started, believe it or not, two weeks before COVID hit. So that was a huge experience in its own, but was essentially like a startup kind of environment. And I was the first of 50 people that now it's a business of 5,000. So it was a huge project to work on. And then, you know, the COVID of it all really just made family the most important thing. So my husband and I moved back to Philadelphia last year to be closer to them.
1: It's really interesting because you started at this major organization working with, like you said, 140 different food and beverage companies for the MGM international brand. And then you were able to pivot into consecutive companies, ultimately being part of more of a startup here. So I'm curious how you were able to use all of your corporate experiences, not only at the large company that you first started with, but also the startup experiences and really taking that into your entrepreneurial journey here. You know, it's
0: interesting because I feel like there's, I'm very much a believer, like everything happens for a reason. And I did move around a lot very quickly in, you know, my corporate life. But at the same time, I feel like I was able to pull different things from each experience. So, you know, when I was at MGM Resorts, obviously it was my first big corporate job. So I learned a lot of just about professionalism and Navigating the corporate world and trying to make a name for yourself and paying your dues. And, you know, it, it was fun at the same time, but it was a lot of work. And then at that point, my dream was really to become a CMO or a chief communications officer for a Fortune 500 company. And I knew I needed to diversify my experience. So then I went to work at the agency. And from that experience, it's very different in the PR world. If you're in-house for PR, you're very behind the scenes. It's very strategy driven. You're really just helping to be an internal connector to help make sure everything is functioning Correctly. Whereas when you're on the agency side, you're more responsible for the results and for getting the coverage and for driving the strategy and to just make sure that you are effectively maximizing the results of what the client wants. So you don't really get to have some of that insight from behind the curtain and you don't really get to have a say, which is something that I really wanted. But I knew that even being inside the like in-house, I wasn't going to get the best of both worlds. So it was really, you know, being able to open my own agency gave me the flexibility of both. I was able to take my experience of my love for strategy and the behind the scenes and being able to have like an operational hat on at the same time, but then getting the results and that like those big wins for clients. Like I wanted to really mix both of them. And then being on the startup side for Resorts World, I mean, that was just a completely (laughs) different experience in its own right, because it's essentially a city within a city. It was amid a pandemic. So we had a ton of challenges and, you know, there really is no playbook. So it was also something where, yes, I was working internally for a company, but What I did from a day-to-day basis really impacted the future of that organization. And so that really showed me an insight into what responsibility truly is for some of those organizations, which is a huge part of being an entrepreneur. I mean, the responsibility is on me with my business and that can be a little scary at first, but once you work through it, I'm so happy that I had that experience to be able to prepare me for what I deal with now on a day-to-day basis. Well,
1: and I think that your background has really given you a leg up in your entrepreneurial journey because it is so diverse. You've been able to work at the really large, massive companies, but you've also been a part of something from the ground up. And I've always said, like, I really have enjoyed my startup experience because it has allowed me to understand what it takes to build a business when it really wasn't on my dime originally. So you're able to see like what's working in that company, what's not working. And of course, as an entrepreneur, we're all going to make our own mistakes, but sometimes it's, it's a little bit easier to make mistakes when it's on someone else's dime rather than our <laughs> own. <laughs> so yeah. um, so I think that having the combination of all those different types of companies that you worked for, even before starting your business has been really instrumental in helping you really kickstart your business and really get it started off the ground here. But you mentioned that you were a part of Resorts World, and then COVID hit. I mean, you were there for just a whopping two weeks before the pandemic started and everything was shut down. And I mean, Vegas is a huge tourist destination. So I'm sure things were greatly impacted over there. So what kind of happened at that time to be able to cause you to really decide, you know what? Or to start thinking about, you know, maybe I'm meant to do something different.
0: Yeah, there was multiple, I think, moments where I was like, what is my future going to be like? At the time when COVID first hit, I don't think I had that in my mind exactly because I saw it as a challenge and I saw it as I think I knew in the back of my head or at least hoped that things would recover very quickly. I don't think anybody expected things to be shut down for as long as they were shut down. So when I first started, I was like, okay, this is a road bump. Like it's fine. We're going to figure it out. And mind you, this is a completely new brand in Las Vegas. So my job was to get the word out about a brand, but it was trying to get the word out about something that nobody wanted to do at that moment and was practically illegal at that moment. So it was a really challenging situation where I just basically had to think about it from a different perspective. And it also gave me an opportunity to maybe put some of my work on the back burner and use it as an opportunity to really understand the business and figure out what else we could be doing to get more involved. Like I said, like public relations is not just about press releases or getting your clients featured in the news. It's about community relations. It's about community involvement. It's about philanthropy. It's about cause marketing. It's about walking the talk. So a lot of it too, was then turning our strategy on its head and saying, okay, well, how can we get more integrated into the community and how can we create this connection? And that was really important to me because I obviously, I love Las Vegas and I love my community and I wanted to be able to help. And I think a lot of people did at that time, but it wasn't something in my head where I was like, okay, this is a big challenge. I don't want to do it anymore. It happened over time where I just worked really, really hard and I got burnt out. And it was something where I saw how much work and I recognized how much work I was doing to put into that project, to invest in that project that I was like, what about investing in myself? You know, when am I going to bet on myself to do this? And it's funny because both my parents are entrepreneurs. And so I grew up with this in my blood. And I, like I said, had never really thought that I was going to own my own business. I had always wanted to be a Fortune 500 executive. But then I was just like, why am I working so hard for someone else? when I could do this for myself, where I could have the best of both worlds, I could work on the projects that I'm most passionate about, and where I can also have the freedom and flexibility where everything that I'm doing, no matter what I'm putting in, it's investing back in me and in my business and in the work I want to do. So I think that was what was most important in the decision to open up my business.
1: I guess at at what point did you decide that you no longer were working towards becoming a CMO of a Fortune 500 company and instead wanted to really bet on yourself and put all of that energy that you were putting into these other companies into building something of your own.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because after Resorts World, when we moved to Philadelphia, I started working for a telecommunications company out here. There's not a lot of what I was doing in Vegas, I was still really burnt out. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll change gears. I'll you know, figure something out. At this point, I still wasn't like, oh, I'm going to open up my own business. I mean, I just made a huge, major life transition moving across the country. And the opportunity that I had in Philly, just it wasn't the right fit. And I just knew at that point, I was like, what am I going to do? And I actually had a former Co worker, I was probably six months into this job. And I had a former co worker reach out to me and ask if I was doing any consulting work. And at the time, it wasn't even a thought. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm totally tied down, don't have the bandwidth, can't do this for you. I'm so sorry. And then I just started thinking again, that like nagging thought in the back of my head, why not now? Why am I not investing in myself? People are now actively reaching out to me asking if I'm doing this. So that must say something. And I think I also had just, you know, that imposter syndrome of maybe I can't do it, or this is my, this was my dream to be a CMO or a chief communications officer and how I've worked so hard to get there. Do I want to give it up now and start over? But there was just one day where I ended up having a terrible day and I hit my breaking point and I left a meeting crying and my husband just looked at me and was like, what are you doing? You have to figure it out. Like if you want to do this and bet on yourself, like do it, bet on yourself. So two days later, (laughs) I put in my two weeks and didn't have a client had a LLC, but that was about it. And um, the rest is kind of history.
1: Oh my goodness. So you had a moment where you had a temporary little breakdown. Your husband said, this is the time. Go ahead and bet on yourself. And two days later, you're out of corporate. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I think he might've hoped that I did it a little differently, but I'm the kind of person that when I make up my mind and I think I just needed that reassurance of, you know, I've been thinking about it in the back of my head for so long. Now is the time, and when he said it, I was like, "All right, my mind's made up. I need to just jump in and try it and see what happens."
1: Well, and I know you said when you originally put in your notice and you decided to to leave corporate, you didn't have any clients, but clearly there was a demand here because people were reaching out to you already, seeing if you were open to doing any consulting work. So you had to have known in the back of your head, like you said, like there has to be something here. So it's not like you completely went in totally blind. Like there was a need; people were coming to you. It's just you weren't quite ready when they were approaching you. So now you're completely all in. You've put in your notice. You've decided entrepreneurship's the thing. You have your LLC. What happened next?
0: Yeah. So of course, the first thing I did was try to get everything together. I mean, I worked day and night for like a month trying to make sure that I had everything in line. I put my branding together. I put a website together. I did all my, you know, everything that I would tell a client to do. I was trying to do for myself. And I reached back out to the former coworker that had asked me if I was still consulting, tried to just prospect on my own and find some new clients and set things up. But it really wasn't easy. I didn't have a client for the first three months. So it wasn't something that was like, you know, even though I believed in myself and I trusted myself to do it, It wasn't something that just magically happened overnight. And trust me, there was plenty of breakdowns in between. There was plenty of moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I left this super lucrative, stable corporate job and all of the work that I did over the past decade to bet on myself. And I feel like a failure. And it took a lot of, you know, internal coaching, it took a lot of like mentorship and just leaning on a lot of friends and resources that I had. But then things just switched. And it kind of took off. And I'm I'm lucky for that. But it wasn't, it wasn't a cakewalk. It wasn't easy. And it definitely wasn't what I anticipated when I first started.
1: Well, what do you think that it was that did switch? I think
0: it's a lot of incremental progress. I think sometimes, especially in our culture today, we want immediate results. We want to do something and then we want to see that immediate result. It's tangible that we can look at and say, okay, this is great. And it's kind of like a, a dumb analogy, <laughs> but I like to think about it as like, you think about a flower that's being planted. It starts as a seed and you could look at it every single day and you won't see progress, but then you look at it week over week, you take a picture week over week, and you're going to see this beautiful thing that kind of blossoms. So I started changing my mentality. I said, what is one thing that I can do every single day to move towards my goal? I may not achieve everything on my list, but what's one thing that's going to get me where I want to go. And that was to get a client. And I put myself out of my comfort zone and I just kept doing that. And eventually it worked. So I think it's just, It's a lot about letting go of this need for immediacy and making sure that you're just putting in the work every single day and being patient with yourself and giving yourself grace because it will work out in the end.
1: I agree with you 100%. I think it's all about incremental steps. And to your point, I think that everyone wants immediate gratification today. And for some things, sure, it can work, but for the majority of things, it probably isn't going to be that way. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes giving yourself grace. Like you said, um, you're going to go through a roller coaster of emotions and that's normal. But the point is, is that you believe in what you're doing and you believe in yourself and clearly you did. And you stuck with it And three months actually, isn't that long that you waited to be able to get your first client. That's actually really impressive. So how did you officially land this first client of yours?
0: So it was through a kind of mutual connection. And I ended up putting, you know, I put a pitch deck together. I put all of my past resources. I showed the work that I had done previously, which was also a challenge when you start because I had clients that came to me or prospective clients that came to me and said, We love the work that you've done before, but you're now on your own. How can we trust that you are going to deliver this for us? And I was kind of just like, listen, you're going to have to take that chance. <laughs> like, if the difference between hiring me and someone else is you're getting me. So if that's not in alignment with what you want, then that's okay. I totally understand that this is, you know, where I am. So I really had to change my mindset and be able to trust in my ability, say goodbye to the imposter syndrome and just be fully invested in it and give myself grace. And then when I met with this other client she had the same concerns, but she knew the work that I did from my past. And she was just like, you know what, I'm just going to give you a chance and we're going to try it. And I'm so thankful for her. And she is an incredible client and she's renewed with me and she's happy. And so that makes me happy. But, you know, you kind of just at that point have to ask somebody to take a chance on you and just work really, really hard to make sure that they don't regret it.
1: And I think that is a really good point to make here because you have to trust in yourself. You have to know your worth and really communicate confidence. Even if you're faking it, even if you're suffering through imposter syndrome, you know, deep down that you can deliver and it's up to you to be able to, to prove that to them. And they have to also take a chance on you. And sometimes that's the hardest part. It's getting that to take that chance. And if they're not willing to, that's okay. There's plenty of other people that will be willing to. So you didn't get hung up on it. Obviously that one client said, yes, she's continuously renewed. That's just a testimonial in itself and a testament to your credibility and to the work that you've been able to produce. And your business has just kind of exploded from there. So if we could just talk about how you actually work with your clients today, that would be awesome because I think that there's a lot of people out there, especially starting their businesses thinking, how can I really get my brand and my message out there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I would say if anybody is starting a brand new business, the first thing before you even want to start marketing your business is just understanding your business plan. Don't invest in marketing or social media or any of those services until you are 100% sure on who you are, what you do, and where you want to go. Otherwise, you're not going to get the return on investment. And that's just the number one thing I always tell anybody if they're coming to the table. But when you are ready to invest in those services, there's a number of different avenues. And what we specialize in is public relations and brand strategy. So like I mentioned, helping brands get featured in the press, influencer our marketing, uh, collaborations, brand partnerships, speaking events, thought leadership. We also do social media management because now in today's world, as you know, it's so digital forward and you have to have an online presence to be credible in today's world as a brand. So helping to make sure that our brands have a great positive face online so that when we're ready to start amplifying and telling their story through other channels, they're ready. And then I would just say, if you're starting a new business and you're not sure where to go, just do some digging online. It's okay if you don't know what each thing does, but reach out to that expert and just be honest and say, Hey, I'm just starting out I'm not really sure if this is for me. I'm not really sure what channel to invest in. Is this something that you think I can benefit from right now? This is something like I always say, I'm like, if you're not sure, even if you're like, "Mm, I don't know if my business is ready. I always encourage prospective clients to just get on a call with me to have a conversation about it. And I will be 1000% transparent if I don't think it's right for them or not, or I'll help them figure out what channels are right for them because it's not one size fits all. And there are times where, you know, a business isn't ready for PR or isn't ready for social media or isn't ready for email marketing or whatever it may be.
1: Well, I think that's a really good thing to highlight too, for entrepreneurs, that there is a such thing as like good business and not so good business. And it's really up to you to identify that early on what's going to make a successful partnership here, because you want to make sure that they're at the right stage in their business to be able for you To be able to provide a transformation, provide the results. And you can't do that if they're not clear on exactly who they are, what their business plan is, what the strategy is, and where they're looking to go. Because once they have that figured out, then you can help them get to that transformation, correct?
0: Correct. I couldn't agree more. It's so, so, so important. And that's part of, again, the reason why I wanted to start a business and why I feel so passionate about helping to educate others on what PR is and different channels that are out there is because there are a lot of people that just want the money and just, you know, they don't have the brand's best interest in mind. And you do have to choose as an entrepreneur, what your philosophy is going to be and what your business practices are going to be, and they will be tested. And so you have to be willing to understand what those values are and then put your best foot forward. And it is your brand. It is your baby. You are going to do everything you can to protect it. And part of that is making sure that you are entering into partnerships or just good business with other like-minded brands or people who, you know, you want a mutually beneficial relationship. For me, if I'm going to sign on a client that I know I'm not going to get results for, what good does that do either of us?
1: I completely agree. It doesn't. It serves no one. It's wasting their money and it's wasting your time. And time is precious. And speaking of time, like there's all these different ways that you can help your clients. Like you said, uh, press releases, influencer marketing, social media management. I mean, the list goes on and on. So how do you really manage your time to be able to make sure that you can effectively navigate all of these different avenues?
0: Yeah, well, I don't do it all myself. That's the number one thing. And that's my biggest piece of advice to any entrepreneur who's coming into this space is don't feel like you have to do it all yourself and outsource early. I have a team of freelancers who I trust who help me with certain projects. I obviously am very involved in the strategy and making sure that I'm on the front lines with my clients they see me every day they understand you know that I'm in their corner and I'm helping to guide the strategy but if I were to try and take it all on myself, the work for them and the results for them would suffer. So it's really about being able to then invest back in your business and invest in your clients by taking your pride out of it and understanding when to outsource and when to delegate.
1: That is a huge lesson in itself. So I'm curious, like with the topic of investing in yourself and investing in your clients, sometimes it takes money to make money. When did you realize that there was only so much of you to go around and that you needed to find some of these freelancers to be able to help you with some of these tasks at hand? The first
0: thing is I was very fortunate to have quite a few friends who were also small business owners and they are in similar industries, spaces. So we have you know, a monthly brain trust where we get together and we talk through challenges that we're facing. We bounce ideas off of each other. And so I was able to talk with them about some of the things that I was going through and being able to say, hey, when did you invest? How much money do I need to have before I start you know, outsourcing or whatever it may be? And that was really beneficial for me, but everybody is different. And so for me, it was more when I knew that the time I was spending on certain tasks was taking away from what was most important for the client. That's when I needed to turn the switch on and start investing in freelancers. It was, what is taking the most amount of my time? Is it directly related to the results I'm getting my clients? If it's not, how can I get that off my plate so that I can spend more
1: time getting them the results? And the results are everything. So, and part of the results is making sure that you're hiring the right freelancers. So how did you make sure that you were hiring the right people from the start? It was hard. And some of
0: it's trial and error. I wish I could say I had like an amazing formula for it, but I didn't. I got involved in a lot of different groups, networking groups, different programs for entrepreneurs, for publicists specifically in our field. If there's any other publicists who are entrepreneurs or marketing professionals who are looking to become entrepreneurs listening, Generation PR is a fantastic resource. And she actually helped me a lot with just starting and she has a lot of programs to help with new PR agencies getting developed. So that was fantastic. I found some freelancers through that platform and just through networking, but most of it is, you know, looking on your own. And I interviewed a ton of people. I asked important questions on, Hey, like I need to see your past work. What is it like working with you? What's your style? Um, You know, because they're freelancers too, and you're not hiring a full-time employee. It's a very different thing. So you want to make sure that you trust that person to do a good job for your client, because you're not going to have the autonomy to be able to provide them a lot of direction on it. So being able to look at like Facebook groups, join other resources or workshops, or you know, just ask for help. Ask people that you know. There are so many people, especially in the marketing industry. If you ask me, you reach out and you're like, hey, I'm new to this world, like I really need X, Y, and Z, I will happily give it to you. I'm not a gatekeeper. And I would say 90% of this industry isn't either. So take the time to try and reach out because I can almost guarantee another entrepreneur would be happy to help you. And
1: that's what I found throughout my entire entrepreneurial journey is like how helpful everyone really is willing to be. Like you just put it out there that you need a little bit of help and people are just raising their hand saying like, how can I help you? They want to see you succeed. And I think that's what's been the most inspiring thing about starting a podcast like this is being able to connect with people that generally want to see you succeed. So it's nice that it's expanded even further beyond just like this little podcast that we have going on here. (laughs) You're No, you're so right. It's so important. And I was
0: shocked. I mean, because you think about it, you go into something like this and you're like, oh, you're my competitor. Are they going to help me? I don't know. And I think you will be surprised at how many people just want to be able to help you. Doing something alone is really hard. Owning your own business is hard. But having a support system, people who maybe they they don't know your exact experience, but are in similar situations is so important. And they likely want the same thing as you. They probably have things that they're working on, too, that maybe you could help them with. So I think finding those mutual relationships is really, really beneficial. And I, just like you, was very surprised with how welcoming the entrepreneur community is. I mean, even your podcast, I listen to it all the time, and it's it's amazing that how open and honest and vulnerable entrepreneurs are in these conversations, because it's just going to end up helping us as a collective, not just one person.
1: Couldn't agree more. And I know that at the very beginning, you were talking about how really your husband was the one that gave you the little push that you needed to get going. And I think that home life and just like the partnership in general is really important to have that sense of support. But having like a community of entrepreneurs that you can also lean on that are understanding what it's like to build at every single level that are going through it with you or have already gone through it, having the combination of both home life and entrepreneur life is really where it's at. So I couldn't recommend it more for people to get involved into different community groups, help each other, because what comes around goes around. I fully believe like give to get mentality out there. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know we were talking a little bit about how you're working with clients as well. So you have a couple of different ways that you can work with clients. You have the a la carte, the 90 day strategy. You do one-on-one strategy and you also do one-on-one media coaching. So how would people know which one is kind of the best way to work with you?
0: Yeah. So like I said, it's more of just having a conversation first and understanding what your goals are, and then we can kind of help support you to understand where it might make sense to invest in certain services. So, in addition to the monthly retainers on the PR and social media side, we do have one on one consulting services. And a lot of that is really because I feel so passionately now being a small business owner in helping support small businesses. And I understand that there's not always a need or an opportunity to have month-over-month agency services. Sometimes it's just not feasible from a budgetary perspective or a time perspective or whatever it may be. Maybe you have more time in the beginning so you can focus on doing something yourself, but you just need an expert to tell you what's going on. I wanted to be able to provide an area of the agency where I could provide those resources as a starting place, as an introduction into PR and social media that hopefully then allows people to continue that path and you know, maybe even come back to us when they are ready. But essentially, there's a number of different services we offer. So we have just a pick my brain one-on-one strategy session. You're not really sure. You have a lot of questions. You want some professional perspective on a specific challenge, event, scenario. That's a very simple one-hour call. That's an introductory point. We have our done-for-you 90-day strategy. So We essentially do a two-hour intensive where we go through what your goals are, who is your target audience, what do you want to achieve, how are you going to achieve that, and then we really map out for you what the strategy should be. So if it's on the social media side, we have a full content calendar of 90 days, and this is the content that you should be posting, these are your content pillars, these are your hashtags you should be using if you should be using them. And then on the PR side, we have it more of these are the tactics that you could be doing within the community, within your audience. These are the outlets that maybe you should be going after to try to be featured in. And we provide those actual resources to help you. So we're not just saying, here, here you go, take the strategy and run. Like we're also giving you pitch templates. We're giving you media lists. We're giving you all of the resources that you need to be able to execute it on your own time. And you get direct access to me during the implementation period through a two-way communications platform to just, if you have questions, I'll help you get there. And I'll be honest, it's not a big moneymaker for me, but it's something I'm very passionate about and just helping small businesses and others who maybe aren't ready, get ready for what they're doing. So I don't think it's ever a part of the business that will go away.
1: I love that because you're really making it an easy entry point for everyone at all different stages of their business. So you're able to work with the brand new entrepreneurs that are just getting started, really helping them put together their strategy, but you're also working with the big businesses that are more established and you are bringing in the larger chunks of money. So from a pocket standpoint, that obviously is more financially justifiable for you, but you have the passion to be able to help people at the very beginning too. So I just love everything that you're doing, it just <laughs> lifts me up inside. <laughs> because I mean, this is something that personally, like I went to school for entertainment studies and communications, but I don't know squat about PR. And that's something that like, as I'm starting my own business, I'm having to teach myself and learn all of these things, research the hashtags, like you're talking about, put together that content calendar strategy. And this stuff isn't easy. So being able to turn to an expert like yourself that can really put together a strategy for you. That's a game changer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Free resource alert. We do have on our website a free, like do-it-yourself PR strategy guide. So again, this is like another entry point. We just want you to be able to understand what it is how you can use it, even if you're not really sure if PR is the way you should go. It's something that I just think every business owner should do because it really will help you in figuring out the right channels you should be working towards and how you can get to the right customer through the right channel with the right message. So that's on our, our website too, if anybody wants to download it.
1: Wonderful. And speaking of where to find you, tell us a little bit more on where they can find you, your website, your social channels, give us it all.
0: Yeah, for sure. So our website is www.nbpublicity.com. and then it's at nbpublicity on Instagram.
1: Wonderful. And everything will be linked in the show notes, including the link to the freebie. And Nicole, I know that you are a listener of the podcast. So you probably already know that this is coming. But if you were to think about a piece of advice that you would give a young entrepreneur just getting started, what would you tell her?
0: Just trust yourself. Trust your gut. I had so many people tell me why would you give up a decade of working so hard in this industry? You should stick out this job for a year. You should stick out this for another six months. And if I would have listened to them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I know that I made the right decision by just trusting myself.
1: And your husband trusted you as well. So it's a (laughs) win there. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing such valuable insights today. I am going to link, like I said, everything in the show notes, and I'm sure everyone's going to be running to go download that freebie. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much, Megan. This was so fun. Nicole did a wonderful job at demonstrating the pivotal role PR agencies have in the entrepreneurial landscape. In addition to breaking down the key elements of PR, there is one main takeaway she shared I want to highlight, and that is the need to have a strong understanding of your business plan. Nicole's strategic approach and diligent planning in her own business were instrumental in laying the foundation for her thriving boutique PR agency, and she encourages others to do the same. If you're curious about how to create your own PR strategy, make sure you go and download her freebie to help get you started. So let me ask you, Self-Starter, are you ready to create your winning PR strategy? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.